And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, all the way from the freezing tundra of Tennessee to the hot plains of Palmdale, not Palmdale, Palm Desert, California. My man Josh Thompson is there, and I am freezing my ass off in Tennessee, but it's okay. What's up, dude? How you doing? The things that I miss about California, weather, weather. the number one thing, man. I don't miss much about it, but I do miss the weather. I'll tell you that. I was rocking a t-shirt. I was if I would have had shorts, I would have worn them. If I would have known it was gonna be like this, I would have packed the shorts. But man, whoo, man, it's it was 68 degrees today. Felt like it was 90. It was beautiful. I mean, we're out here in Palm Desert. Uh son's playing on a cross tournament. Uh they did okay today. They didn't great. They went one and two, but they played two other teams that were nationally ranked ahead of them. And uh one of them they lost by six, and the other one they lost by four. So, I mean, they're there. They just got to they gotta work better as a unit. But, you know, yeah. lots to talk about, lots to talk about. The weather was great. Kids had a great time. They got better every game, so that made me feel good about it all. Um, you know, sun's uh, picking it up, man. It's good. Makes you feel good. That's awesome. I'm glad that uh, Best, look, as, long, as long as they play to their level. That's, you know, that's the whole thing. Josh, just before we keep it on, bring your, bring your mic down like the underneath the layers there because you're, you're Yeah, yelling. but we did that last time, Dave. We did that last time, and it's like you could, you could barely hear me. All right, keep it there. So I don't know if it's is it right I there. Can do it again. Up, ah, oh, yeah, like it. that. There is that better. Yeah, That's it's better good. when you can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> we say the same thing about you. Ah, uh, well, ah, uh, yeah. You know, John. Look, it's been it's been amazing uh, out here yesterday. We got in late last night. Went to the store, got some stuff for the kids. Kids were sleeping and uh, had a good early morning. It's great. The great thing about this was. You know, we're two hours ahead in, in Texas. So, you know, kids were up at like 5 a.m. <laughs> Game time was at 8.40. So it was go. nice. They were up. Food to go. Food was ready. Packed in the car. Sitting around. We we're like, okay, let's go. Let's go. So it worked out good. We had a great time. Uh, they've got three more games tomorrow and then unless they make the finals. So we'll find out. Well, hey, we'll find out. Again, you just want them to play to their ability. That's the most yep. important thing. Well, the thing, like, I, I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with lacrosse? Love lacrosse. So the, great game. Yeah. So it, the thing, it's great. It's an absolutely great game. I wish it was more on the West Coast when I was younger. I would have loved to have it's played it. It's hockey, but you got to run. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, it just, they, what happens with lacrosse is they don't, they play a lot of tournaments. They don't play a lot of games. So like they don't practice really, they, they practice, but they don't play games in between the tournaments. Yeah. At least in, in Texas, that's what they do. Um, you know, and then in the rec league, they kind of play games, you know, but like right now on the travel team and the and the national teams that they play on, they're just, um, they practice once, pretty much once, maybe twice a week. And um, and then from there, then they just play the game. So I would like to see them practice a little bit more, you know, um, you know, so they can get some cohesiveness together. But you can tell because a lot of these kids come, they're not, none of them are from the area. Like they're from the area of Dallas. Yeah. But they all live and go to different schools. They don't they don't know each other except for like on lacrosse. So they don't have really a couple of them know each other from one area, a couple of them know each other from another area. Kellen's now getting to know the kids that live in his area. So yeah, it's it's um it's coming yeah, around, but, you, but we're you gotta figure lacrosse wasn't even it was an it was an east coast sport. 
for the most yeah. part, it seemed like, you know, yeah. most of the teams, most of the games, everything was East Coast. And finally, it started creeping its way out West, you know, and it's, uh, yeah. it's picking up steam, though. A lot of people like the game. A lot of people, a lot of, lot of kids enjoy playing it. So it's awesome. Well, if you don't know anything about uh, lacrosse, go back and watch last year's NC2A National Championship game between Notre Dame and Duke. And it was one of, it was the best lacrosse game I've ever seen, but it was probably one of the best, most competitive sporting events I've ever seen in my life. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was a great game. It was fun to watch. Guys were playing with torn ACLs. Guys were playing with pulled hamstrings, taped up, gauzed up, out there, getting after it. These kids are in college. I mean, there's not really, there's not very many places to go after, you know, I mean, you can go to some, some of the pros, but the, you know, the pro leagues in, in lacrosse are not like NBA or NFL. Yeah. They haven't hit that level yet. But eventually, hopefully, they will one day. It's pretty fun, though. It's pretty fun to watch. It's pretty action-packed. If you like hockey, you'll probably pretty much like this. Or if you like soccer, you might kind of like this as well. It's it's a, it's a very fast. Yeah, a lot, high, lot more high-scoring than soccer, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so funny, though, because people tell me, like, oh, yeah, but, you know, football is so high-scoring. No, 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 not really, man. Like, it, yeah, 21 to 14 is still just 3 to 2. Yeah. <laughs> just letting you know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Let's it not, is pretty, pretty let's much. Not, yeah, let's not count it for more than what it is. It really is just three to ten. This is <laughs> so, true. No. All right, well, wait. It's been, hey, there, it's been. There was there was some scoring going on in the desert of Nevada in Las Vegas, where we finally yeah. had our very first UFC of the 2024 year. Tell you what, it was actually an enjoyable card. Maybe I, I was so waiting for fights that I didn't care. I really enjoyed the card, though. It was there was a lot of good fights, some little mismatches in the beginning, but that's understandable. That's a normal thing. That's okay. But a lot of the fights and a lot of the performances, you looked and you said, "I was entertained." There was there was some really good fights on here. There was there some really fights was. though that really shocked me, John. We talked about it on the uh, on the midweek show. There was fighters that came out and delivered, and there's fighters that came out and laid a goose egg, man. Oh yes, and I agree. And I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be very upfront, be very honest. One of them was my former teammate, and I just was like yelling at the screen, going, "What the hell are you doing?" And uh, let's—I'll get into that later. But you know what, John? <laughs> let's just start. Let's just start right from the top. Before we start from the top, though, you guys go to onlyfans.com/slash Wayne and subscribe to us over there. Thank you guys so much for following us over there. I think we're close to about six or six hundred something subscribers over there. So we want to thank very you nice. guys. We got to try to stay a little bit busier on there, which we will be doing um, coming up. And um, we continue to say this, and uh, we I keep posting stuff and keeping you guys updated with what I'm doing. And I want to just kind of let you guys know that we're going to be trying to get some more content over there. So definitely some more live stuff. Our live in-depth chats will be on there. I saw some of you guys kind of griping about it, um, saying you're going to unsubscribe because you know we don't want to go there for the news. We're not posting the news over there. We're going to do a, <laughs> we're going to do a couple little deep dives on some stuff, you know, that are going to be over there. But a, a lot of our content will stay the same. We're making some changes like we did this week. Let me know in the comments down below how you guys liked how we dropped our shows this week. We dropped our shows. We did, the, we did the fight cards, and then it's a little bit different. We did each news section broken up throughout the week. So every day you guys got new content that ran anywhere between eight minutes all the way up to like 30 minutes. So maybe you never know. John and I may go for a full 40 or 45 on one thing, depending on what the topic is. Uh, but we want to try to keep it that eight to 20 minute kind of frame for you guys. I know a lot of you guys have uh, short attention spans like Podcast Dave. And um, so we want to make sure that we keep you guys intrigued with new uh, new content continuously and keeping you guys 
with the flow every day. Don't forget about us. Make sure you guys hit the bell so you guys know when we drop new content every day. Hit that little bell and the thumbs up for liking our content. And uh, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks, guys, man. We appreciate you guys. Well, John, let's get right into the main event, buddy. This, yes. I thought I thought the card outperformed more than what it was supposed to do, to be honest. Yeah, um, I, very entertaining. Like I said, I thought it was it was overall a really good card. Entertaining. Some great performances by certain people. Like you said, some people kind of went out there and, and uh, just flubbed the duck. That's what I call it. You flubbed the duck. <laughs> flubbed the duck. That's you a good flubbed, one. You flubbed the duck, man. And, uh, hey, happens sometimes, you know. It's going to happen to all of us, but some of them you look and you go, you were given a opportunity here to mm-hmm. show who you are. And, dude, you flub the duck, man. Don't flub the duck. And yeah, I'll, I'm going to call him on him when I see it. But the Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker was the main event. Uh, this is that rematch. Never had a winner in the first one because it was called no contest due to an uh, illegal knee to Johnny Walker when he was on the ground. Wasn't able to continue based upon the doctor, not based upon Johnny Walker. But I was very surprised. You and I talked about this fight, what we thought was going to happen. I thought Johnny Walker did a little bit of what I was talking about. I thought Uncle Iav did not do anything that you told him he should be doing. <laughs> but in the end, it didn't matter because his power... The. Re- I, I, I just just in watching the fight, Josh, the one thing that kept going through my mind after the first two minutes of the fight, which Johnny Walker was kind of all over the place, really creating some problems for Ankle Live as far as he was just not too sure where anything was going to come from. But then it got to the point of I was watching Predator versus Prey. Mm. And I just kept on watching Ankle Live marching down, looking, looking to do damage. <clears throat> where Johnny Walker looked like he was unsure, just not not wanting to engage at a certain time because he wanted to make a mistake, wasn't sure when, when he could go. And when he was, he was getting hit. And it just seemed like for, after about two minutes to me that uh-huh. you could see where that fight was starting to go. And Ankalaev didn't have to take him down in it. Yeah. When you look at fighters... Um, for the untrained eye, when you guys are at home watching fights, when the guy's doing all the flashy stuff, when he's doing like Michelle Pajara, like he does the flippy stuff, he does the jump off the cage. Those are things that keep the the opponent at bay and hoping that they jump into something that you can catch him with. That's kind of what they're hoping for. Johnny Walker, you could tell, he didn't know how to deal with how tight Uncle Iav's defense was, how tight his combinations were, how, how technically sound he was. So what do you do to, to offset that? What, how you offset that, though, is by throwing chaos. things from weird angles. Yeah, chaos. And one of the guys that should have done the chaos earlier was the one that fought um, Arlovsky. No chaos? Guess oh, what? Dude. That's what it is. And we'll get into <laughs> that later. But, but this is what I'm talking about. That, if you want to open things up to somebody who is so technically sound, you have to create chaos. You have to make them feel like they're, they're lost out there. Like, okay, where is he going to do next? How is he going to do this? What's he going to do? You have to make them think that you're constantly thinking about what they're doing, and this is why you're doing that. And, But in the process of doing that, though, John, you can't overextend yourself like he did, which eventually cost him. That's how he got caught. That's one. And two is you can't be too active with all the flashy stuff because then you gas yourself out because it takes a ton more energy. And we've seen Johnny Walker get tired before in the past from being all flashy, like Michelle Pajaya does, but he also cuts a lot of weight. But it was... It's those things that leave you out of position, being flashy like that, 
And those are the things that also make you tired. And so I saw what you saw, exactly what you saw. All this spinning stuff, all this high kicks, all those things are great, but they've got to be set up. You can't shoot them raw dog. And then as you do that, they're defending technically sound. They're not concerned. They're well, they're not wasting any energy. You're really not doing anything that really puts them in any harm's way. So he, he needed to make, he needs to make some changes on that approach or he just needs to understand that Uncle Live is someone that you have to be a little bit more uh, disciplined with and try to kind of get the create chaos and then, you know, make some space, create chaos, make some space. He, he just he just didn't seem like he had the answer after all the chaos didn't work. Exactly. I mean, throwing axe kick after axe kick. And look, if you're Andy Hoog, you can throw those kind of axe kicks over and over. Yeah. But, but an axe kick takes something to be able to land it. And it takes a coordination and a speed. And it was like, man, stop. That's going to end up causing you problems. You know, you, you tried it. It failed. Okay. I just looked at it and, and I, I feel it's, you know how that, when you say something and all of a sudden it bites you in the ass. And when, when he went down off of the shot and he, and when Johnny gets hurt, he, he has a specific tell that hey he's, he's not going to recover from this. And he's done it multiple times in fights where he starts to stiffen and you've seen it. Yeah, you know, and Ankaliyev, you know, comes in for that second shot, and as soon as you know he hit him, and you saw the hands go towards his face, his nose, his nose is crushed, mm. and you look and you go, "Did you did you hear the the highlight of Johnny Walker saying, I want to mangle your ugly nose, you know, oh, because of what you did and stuff?" I said, "Well, that just backfired in the normal way, but <laughs> you know, you got to look and you let's just be honest. When you look at this fight, when we looked at it, I said, look." The guy that's the favorite is Ankle Live, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Johnny yeah. Walker is an explosive fighter, and he's gonna catch a lot of people. But when you look at how to be a good, being a good fighter is being someone who's technically sound, technically yeah. sound, and able to create opportunities that you start to just take advantage of the fight. That's what Ankle Live did. That's why he's where he's at. And when he's calling for a title fight, I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him there. But you know what I will say this is what I was impressed by Uncle Live is that he came out and he had remedied that situation where people thought they had found or paved the way into beating him with those inside calf kicks. Yep. And he started checking. He started blading his body a little bit more. And like I said, maybe Walker is not the person to get after it, like a Jan Blachowicz who maybe has a little bit better, more uh, conditioned shins. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever it is. But I'm saying – just he seemed like he had the answer for it right off the bat because I think in the last couple of fights he's realized people keep going to this because they think that they can hurt me. They think, they they think he's success. weak there. And so what he did is he did a he had a great game plan of coming out, being strong, getting in his face, making him making him kick off the back foot. When you guys watch somebody like a Johnny Walker when he kicks, does he fall backwards? Yes, almost all the time. It's because he's leaning back as he kicks. So his kicks don't have as much power, but he's also afraid of getting touched with the hands. So they're a combination of two things. When you lean back that much, you're taking the power off your kicks. So there's that, and then you leave yourself off balance, which makes it easier for me to catch your kick and dump you, or just for for me just to push you a little bit, and you end up on your back or off balance, and then I can go ahead and create chaos or a flurry on you when you can't get your hands up because you're trying to maintain your balance. Uncle I did a great job of um really like locking down what walker could do he let him yeah. do all the flashy stuff and said that's not going to work 
stay tight with my defense, put maintain my offense, stay clean, don't get out of go get out of uh out of position. And I got this. And sure enough, he had it. Nicely yep. done. Yeah. It was a good performance. And, and like I said, based off of that, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a guy to go out there, finish his opponent, finish him in a you know fairly spectacular fashion against a guy like Walker, who is an athlete, who is fast, who is crazy in the way he does stuff. That's a big win, Frank Eliaf, and it does put him right into that title contention. Yeah. All right. Next fight. Well, we had our co-main event was, I believe, your ex-teammate. Mr. Yeah. Jim Miller against Gabriel Benitez. Mowgli went out there, and I'll tell you what, Jim Miller, there's something There's something in that damn Sparta, man. Something yeah. in Sparta, New Jersey is happening because he is not getting older. He still throws clean shots. His kicks, look, if you would have asked me before the fight, John, who's the better kicker, Jim Miller or Benitez? Benitez. Yeah. I told you straight out. And... Jim Miller's kicks landed with more power, did more damage. He looked fantastic. I mean, yeah. just everything. There was a there was one moment in that fight. You look through the first round, he was landing the better shots overall. There was one moment where it started to look like it was starting to turn a little bit, just a little bit, and Jim was starting to get touched with some good, clean shots by Benitez, and he fucking took it right back and just... Nope, that's not going to happen. And just continued on the the submission win at the end. Look, that that's a face crank thing. That's just mm-hmm. it's, it's painful, and I don't blame Benitez. You know, it's great technique by uh, Miller, but man, timeless because he's getting wins. Yeah, at one fifty five, Josh, we're not yeah, talking. Yeah. He's getting wins in the heavyweight division. We're talking wins at one fifty five. So you agree with me? The lightweights is harder yeah. to get wins at an older age, oh, right? You hell agree? yes. There's okay. no doubt. That, no doubt. That explains why the lighter weights are always better fighters. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to, I wanted to clarify that. Um, I can, there's nothing I can say to defend my teammate. Nothing I can say. He he fought. He I, he first off he fought a horrible game plan. Okay. Um, he got the faster hands, but it didn't seem like it. No, he it got did the not. faster kicks. Didn't seem like it. I don't think he had the harder kicks. Because it sure didn't look like it, um, even though I know how hard he kicks. Yeah. But I, I said this last week when we did the, the midweek show. I said, I go, what I think is going to be interesting is how Mowgli attacks when they're both Southpaws. I've never seen him. I've never seen him fight another Southpaw, at least I don't recall, to the point where you know they were trading kicks or he's never fought someone who was a Southpaw that, who wasn't a wrestler who wrestled with the right leg forward. So I didn't look at it that way. I was like, okay, I couldn't think of somebody off the top of my head that I've seen him spar with or train with that was that was Southpaw. Outside of like someone like myself who just switched every once in a while, but who was a traditional Southpaw and how he would handle that. What I liked what Jim Miller did against him was he wasn't just kicking the inside leg. Jim was stepping around and kicking the back leg also. Oh, yes. And I don't know if you guys know how painful it is to get your back leg kicked. Because you're not, it's not conditioned. It's not used to taking those leg shots. It's not, you're not used to leaning into it. it the leg back there is just floating around kind of. You very rarely put all your weight on the back leg unless you're kind of retreating backwards. And he was coming across both thighs, um, across both thighs with one kick. And I was like, this is very nice, very nicely done. And I didn't think he'd be able to do it because it doesn't look like Jim has very long legs, but it was long enough to get across both thighs. 
I thought uh, he fought a great uh, fight. He was beating him to the punch, which is crazy because Mowgli's got good boxing. Yep. It just didn't. It just looked like he was waiting to get hit every time he threw. He threw one, maybe two, and he thought, "I'm like, first off, you fight a guy who's 40 years he old." He was waiting for the return, like he was the yes. older fighter, and I, I it was just, like. I was like, that. it's what amazed me. I was like, God damn, look at Jim Miller, man. He, he was leading the dance. He was not waiting. He was okay when he was getting, there was that one moment in time somewhere, you know, I want to say uh, towards the end of that first round for a moment or something like that, but maybe it was the second, but I mean, it was just amazing how he just collected it, got back into being the guy that was in charge. He had the momentum in the fight, just looked really good. John, it was so upsetting to watch him get pushed around by the older fighter. Watch him get like it just out outperformed. I'm like, you're the faster guy. Throw the hands, throw the kicks. It just wasn't there. It was one shot, one two, and then circle run away, circle run. I'm like, you're getting pieced up by a guy who's 40 years old. You're way better than this. This is crazy. But this is look. I want to go back. I want to go back to this. Like, I continue to say this all the time, and I want people to understand. It's not always the better fighter who wins. No. It's the guy who knows how to fight. It's the smarter fighter that usually wins. Yeah. It's it's the like, – I, I use me as an example. I also use John Fitch as an example. I use Jake Shields as an example. These guys were never the best athletes. Take a look at them. Look at me. Like We were never the best athletes. We just were good everywhere. People, they were good everywhere. Or they were good enough to, to put you in an uncomfortable position where you were – where you weren't good. And so it's Jim Miller's that guy. He can wrestle. He can stand. He can eat Southpaw, which automatically causes some uncomfortableness for most people. And he's he's got power in his hands. He's got power in his leg kicks, as we saw tonight. Boy. Look, this guy can still run it. We may see him at 300, dude. We may see he, him at 300. Dude, he landed more leg kicks tonight than he has in his entire career. That was the yeah. most leg kicks in a fight he's ever landed. You look and you go, at this age, against a guy who's actually a good kicker. Absolutely. No, he's a great kicker. Mowgli is a great kicker. He just, you can see when guys are, they can't put the two things together. It's not boxing and kicking. It's boxing and then they wait to kick or they kick and then they wait to box. And that's his downfall. You've got to mix it all up together. You've got to put things together. Like how, how Steven Thompson does it. How Lionel Machida used to do it. They throw the they throw the cotton the hands and they throw in the, the kicks right after. They start off with a kick and they come back with the hands and then finish with the kick. You've got to mix it up like that at the level that these guys are fighting. Those old school days of ones and twos, one kick, one one jab or two punches and then a kick. And dude, that wasn't that was fucking Frank Shamrock era, dude. dude we're past that shit. You guys, we gotta make these, we gotta grow. And so if you're going backwards, which I don't know if it's be, I don't know what, why, but there's got to be some changes. He's going to have to make some adjustments. He's definitely going to have to look at, he's going to have to look at that yeah. performance and go, where am I at? Because I know how good he is. He can I'm be. Grappling, he's got good, he's got good leg locks. I don't know. I'm not saying he should have went out there and leg, try to leg lock him. I'm saying though, he's got good guillotine. He's got good leg locks. He's good on the back. He's got his yeah. good, good figure four. He's got good, all those things. Utilize that a little bit more. Threaten it a little bit more. Don't just get stuck in your ways of boxing and only boxing and then kicking and only kicking. You've got to mix all your weapons up. Those days of that style of one-dimensional fighters is gone. It's done. It's done. It's been gone for years. 
just you haven't got the memo. So. All right. The fight before that, probably my favorite fight of the night. Fantastic fight between Mario Batista against Ricky Simone. My God, these guys went out. Who does Ricky Simone remind you of, though? As I'm watching, I'm going, God dang, does he remind me of a younger? Did you think Frank Shamrock? No, I'm not. Oh. I'm not saying in look. It's not about looks. Oh, got it, got it, got it. It's about the way he he kind of fights. I mean, he's better at it, but he reminds me of a young Clay Guida because just the tenacity yeah. and, the, and the fire that he goes after and the and the wait 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 the wait pressure would you he say puts. better? You say he's better than Clay Guida at this point? Yeah. You shut your fucking. At horse. this point, look at Clay. Clay's older. Okay, let's just yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. He is. He is. Okay. Yes, they're in the same. They're in the. No, they're not. No, they're <laughs> not. Just, John, just, no, no. I, no, I was, I was going to say, they're in the same way. Can't think of fighting. No, they can't. No, no, they can't. But he, he really, he, he brings a wrestling like Clay. Clay doesn't wrestle quite the same because he can't. No. It's just, you know, he doesn't move the same as everything. But he, you go back to the way Clay was and the and the just the tenacity that Clay would go mm -hmm. after his wrestling. Ricky, Ricky just reminds me of him in that fashion. Yeah. He's got, you know, he's got good stand-up. He's got good power. He hits hard. Man, he's tough as hell. He has got a chin. He's like Clay. Yeah. Man, just amazing. He, but go ahead. He's got better stand-up than Clay. Yes. Clay Clay was just reckless and careless and would just, you know, would just duck his head and, and just Bro. throw after you. Ricky doesn't do that. Ricky's got a little bit tighter boxing. Yeah, true. Yeah. But Mario Batista showed that he had even better boxing. God damn. You talk about a beautiful performance. And the way he used his hands, the way he used his footwork, the way he set things up, the stopping of some of the takedowns, the digging of the underhooks to get himself out and then throwing shots. And we always talk about leave something on the exit. Show them that they don't want to go back in there. And he did that multiple times. Just a fantastic performance by Batista, I thought. Yeah, John, I mean, did you have Batista win in the first round? It was close, and I'm, I'm being honest. I wasn't sitting there, you know, and at the end of it, I was like, God damn, that, that round can go to either one. I, and and mm. I got to say, I wasn't even looking at it. I said, I got to start judging it, and then I judged the next two for Batista. But God, um, yeah, I had Batista winning the next two, but I didn't have him winning the first. I mean, cause it was a toss. But I, well, I, I, and, I, and, I, the, and the one thing that I, he was, I had him ahead. I'm being honest. I remember that, and then Ricky landed the big shot that put him down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, it probably would have gone to Ricky on most of the cards. That's all Got I was it. Yeah, I had Ricky winning the first, and then I saw Batista coming on in the second, and then taking over the second, and then the third. I mean, he just just, just dismantled him. No, I mean, yeah. just think about when Ricky took him down, you know, probably, what, a minute into the, the round. Third. And yeah. you're looking at it, and you're going, hey, man, Ricky Simon on, Simone on top. That is – and you just watch Batista moving – getting some space, all of a sudden the legs were in and getting himself up and you go, and that's how it's done. That's how you win a fight. And when you can weaponize your cardio, yeah. that's really what this was. It was learning how to be relaxed in shitty situations, not expending energy when you're in shitty situations and just staying focused with tight technique to get yourself back to the feet. And his jab was on point. His long straight punches were on point. He made sure that the flying knees came in here and there. To keep Ricky honest with the with the wrestling, not dipping his head half ass, that actually took away a lot of Ricky's um, explosiveness because Ricky wasn't sure if he should shoot 
aggressively or not? Am I telegraphing it? He was making him making him a little bit slower on the shot. He was second guessing himself, especially as the fight went on. And um, I thought Batista looked fantastic in that second, third round. He stayed so tight. And what and I will say this is I was able to because it was so loud out in the lobby where I was trying to watch it and, and talk to everyone uh, when I was watching. Hit Batista's output increased tenfold in the third Unbelievable. round. Yep. I was like, this is this is like, this, you're dangerous. I want to see what you can do in a five round fight. Let's oh. give this guy a five round fight. I want to see what he can do in a five round fight. I mean, I he was pouring it on the third, John. I mean, and it was all like you said, the accuracy of when he was landing those shots because when he started throwing at length. And you could see the re, doom, 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 doom. He was and Ricky Simon was trying, man, and all of a sudden he's getting pop, 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 and just collects himself. And here come another two, boom, boom, and you go, yeah, that's that's just that's just art, beautifully done. I mean, just I, I don't know what else to say other than Mario Batista stamped his name into that 135 pound division as, look out if he's calling you out, you really. To me, not want to take that fight. The kid is good. Let let me explain to the the casuals at home, or just the people that are just couch potatoes and watch from the from their couch. I want you guys. It is so difficult to do what Batista did in that third round, keeping long with the jabs and the hands. Your your shoulders are burning because your your hands are way They're out heavy. There. They're super They're heavy. They're dying. Building up with lactic acid the whole time. You're just dying, and he's staying at range the whole time. Now, the, the flip side of it is if I fight you in a phone booth, you're potentially grabbing me and hanging on me, and it's tiring there as well. But it's a lot easier just to keep your elbows tucked and just uppercut you to the body, try to uppercut you to the head, try to come over the top every once in a while. Your shoulders aren't getting the same type of work. It's more of your legs. you know. And so when you're, but when you're doing boxing at a, a distance – it's exhausting. It's that constant. That's why your hands, as they get tired, they start to dip. They go, they go out and they dip back down. That's how yeah. you get countered. He they don't come back so on the same on rail. Point. Yeah, exactly. Same rail, but John means like straight out, straight back. Straight back. Goes out from my chin, goes right back to my chin. He just, he looks so fresh, so good. And, and this is the other thing. When you see a fighter starting to get tired like Ricky Simone, and once you start stuffing his takedowns, you see him struggling to get, get in deep enough. That starts putting a mindset in you, like, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. I can do more. I can push the pace. My arms feel good. This is where I, when we, you and I talk about that confidence is key. All of a sudden, when you walked into that third round, you were exhausted. You step a takedown or two, and all of a sudden, you're not as tired anymore. You start seeing that fighter get tired, and you start thinking, I'm good. I'm ready. You have that pep in your step. It's no different than when you drop a fighter. You were so tired that you clipped them, and then you get that burst of energy of flurry. And you just hope to God you get him out of there. But it's that 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 adrenaline that goes through you, knowing that you're stuffed and everything that he's doing. And that's what we saw from Batista, man. He looked fantastic. I mean, Dave, I can't, I don't have uh, I don't have our our face our thing up here for me to take a look. But Dave, can you read off to me the the rankings? Because who does he go? I know he called out Rob Font. He called out Rob Font. Yeah. He, who does he go to? What about Calvin Cater? Well, Cal, I'm trying to think. Calvin's got a fight coming up, so yes. Well, he just fought though, so they got time to, to recover together. This is true, <laughs> but you're taking a look right now. He's going to go up in the rankings because Ricky Simon Simone was 13. Yeah. So, 
Umar is below Ricky. Obviously, Umar is going to move above that. And Chris Gutierrez, who is coming off of a loss. So, you know, it could be that Ricky drops off. It could be that Chris drops off. Don't know. But it is absolute that Batista is going to be yeah. going up there. And you can take a look at the names in front of him. You know, Pedro Munoz is at 11. Dominic Cruz is at 10. Uh, Devison Figueredo is at 8. Song Yadong. Or Yadong Song, either way, number seven. Obviously, Vera's got the uh, title fight. And then you're looking at, you know, Peter Yan, Sanhagen, Cejudo, uh, and Marab. But I would, say, I would say Sanhagen. I'd like to see that fight too, but that's that's a Ooh. big jump for him. Well, that's a I'd, big like jump. To get him, I'd like to get him a fight or two before he gets to Sanhagen. Yeah. I, you, know, you know me, I'm, I'm, very, I'm, very, I'm very stingy with getting those guys up there because I know there's I'll no tell way to go backwards. I'll tell you what, you know, in looking at that, he called out Rob Font. That's a good call out. I kind of like it. But Devison Figueredo, yes. that, would be a, that would be a hell of a hell fight. Hell of a fight. Hell, hell of a fight. fight. From what yeah. from what Batista put out there tonight, my God, that would be just incredible. Sign me up. Yeah, baby. That's a good one. Next. All right. So before that... Dave, you got to put them all back since I don't, I don't want to mess up. <laughs> Phil Hawes took on Bruno Ferreira. Boy, this was uh, this is one of those ones you're looking at. Phil Hawes is at 35 years of age. We talked about the Hulk. We talked about the power. And I tell you what, he won every bit of that fight. Mm -hmm. he, you know, this is, this was the one that it actually surprised me how dominant he was in the fight you know i, I like mm -hmm. phil haas i think phil haas got a, a ton of talent and it's always been we, we talked about it he's always been that guy that everyone talked about you know in the in the gym he's that guy that he can stay with anyone then you put him under the bright lights sometimes he shines you know yep. like yeah you know, he has in the past and sometimes you know things don't go his way well yeah. tonight it didn't go his way this is yeah. one of those ones you're looking in everything that happened it just seemed like he was catching up. It just wasn't there for him. Even when he was hunting Ferreira down, it just didn't look like he was the one in control of where that engagement was going to be, even though he was the one walking forward. So he got knocked out. That's a, probably the fourth time I've seen him knocked out and knocked out cold. And yeah, that's, that is not a good thing. And uh, he's got to figure out, you know, where where do you go? You know, in that weight division, let's be honest. You know, is he going to be a title contender? You know, I don't see it. I'm just being honest. He's not. Is There's just too many things that have happened. And you, you can take a look at there's too many people ahead of him. It's not going to happen. So is he fighting for the money? Okay. But man, you're getting damaged. Mm -hmm. Don't like the damage. I mean, for a guy, I have to tell for a guy that's been part of damaging sports his entire life, I hate seeing guys take damage like that. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be the one to tell somebody what to do with their life, but oh yeah, you know, no, it's it's if you're, his in, choice. If you're if you're in it for the money. I get it. Okay, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. But if you're, you know, if you're um, if you're trying to get to the goal, the goal is to win a championship. I don't see it happening, man. No. I mean, you've got to make dra drastic changes, but at 35 years old, I don't see that happening. You know, and this is where it's it, again, like you said, it's always it's always going to be their their call. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta have people that are going to be honest with you. You know, it was the one thing I know everyone you know you know thought Joe 
Joe Rogan was brutal to Brendan Schaub when he, he told him that. Mm. He says, you know, been knocked out to me. No, he was telling him, he was telling a friend, hey man, I'm seeing yeah. something here that you got to think about. And it's true. There's too much to life besides fighting. Yeah, you know what? When you see that side of the person like Joe did with Brendan, right? And I mean, I've seen it with other guys within our gyms. They may be rock stars in the gym. They may be rock star. They might be rock stars out in the cage. But the problem is, though, is that you know them how they are mentally, just being out and about. Mm -hmm. If they don't have it out there mentally, out and about, then they're never going to have it as being a champion. They're never going to get to that. Remember, it's it's you have to remember it's about that less than one percent oh. on fight night. You know what I mean? Like not it's less that. than one percent at fight night. If you're not on your A game doesn't matter you're done like you're you're gonna lose and um it seems like it's more than that but no it's not it really is that's how close these guys are that's right and you know i i, I was talking about i was talking about patchy mix the other day I was talking about johnny eblin i'm like look these two guys right now in their respective weight classes are the best guys in the world and we're like oh you're crazy what about this guy and this guy and i'm like look they can all beat each other it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Anyone can get beat on a given day. Yeah, and MMA math doesn't add up as much as we would like it to. Like, yeah, so I could know who to bet on. Yeah. But it just never does. And Patchy Mix, to me, right now, is the best 135-pounder in the world. And Johnny Evelyn, to me, is the best 185-pounder. But if they could lose on any given night, and I'm not going to knock the other fighters that are there. I think that those other fighters would probably beat them on any given night as well. It just comes down to who's better that night. So That's it. Uh yeah, I just with Phil Halls, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see improvements either. Not even just so much as no, you know, it, it's like oh, he got caught tonight. It wasn't like he got clipped out of nowhere. Like he got, he just I, got dominated. I've seen that exact same fight from Phil Hawes two years ago. Mm. The exact same thing with the same yeah. outcome, and it's like. Yeah. How are you still in that position? And that I don't want to take anything away from Bruno. No. Look, he, he fought beautifully. It was a beautiful takedown in the beginning. You know, uh, he everything that you're looking at. You know, you got to say, hey, great job, great job. And, and against a guy who I think is a talented fighter, it's just one of those man. You, you got to look and say, there comes a point where you, someone's got to tell someone, why are you doing this? Yeah, Bruno's a stud, man. Oh, yeah. Bruno's a stud. He's going to be a problem for people because yeah. he he's a guy, he's got a 170-pound frame as far as his height and everything like that. I mean, he's not a 185-pounder, but he's got power, man, because he can swap. Yeah. We've seen him do it to several guys now. Robocop. Uh, yeah. He put – Yeah. Whew. I mean, right. guys are that short. The guys are that short. They just hunker down and just sit in their punches, and next thing you know, they're – their opponent's waking up, looking up the ceiling lights, going, what the hell just happened? That's it. You know, and he possesses all that power. We had Andre Arlovsky going up against Waldo Cortez Acosta. And this is the fight that I will tell you. This is what's wrong with people in fighting when they don't have people that can get them to understand. This is your opportunity to put yourself someplace and when you go out there and you sit there and you do little dances and things like that, and you can't put away a 41-year-old man 
who has been fighting in the UFC since UFC 28 back in 2000. He's been, you know, fighting, you know, either in the UFC, out of the UFC, back in the UFC for 24 years. Yes. And you have all this energy. You flub the duck if you're not going after him to finish him. You, you barely won the fight. Barely. You have nothing to sit there and gloat about. You acted like an ass. Yeah. And you did it with a guy that there was no reason to do that with. And they put him there, not because they're expecting him to do great things. They're expecting you to get something off of his name. You barely yeah. did it. Yeah. You barely did it. You need to go back, watch that and go, yep, I flubbed the duck. John, it was embarrassing. It was. It was horrible. If you're the UFC going, eh, maybe I got to reevaluate this guy. Oh, yes. I, I mean, like, there's not really much. Like, there was, Andre wasn't pushing the pace. Andre was doing what Andre does gets through the fight, makes his check. You know, like, That's if I great. get a win, I get a win. You know, he's not going to go and ex overextend himself. You come to him, he knows that you're going to come to him. He's going to try to touch you with one or two shots. That's it. It's rinse, wash, repeat. It's the same thing because that's so his style now. It's to not yeah. take too many chances. He doesn't want to get knocked out coming Absolutely. in. Absolutely, Andre's you not know? there. To, he's not on a title run. And, Andre's yeah. not there because oh, I'm searching for another title. Andre is there because I'm fighting for money. Okay, yeah. if I'm going to be fighting for money, I'm going to take as little risk as possible and get myself through this fight, try to win. Mm -hmm. He's always trying to win. I'm not saying he's not trying to win but I'm not going to put myself in danger. I'm not going to open up in, in any way that's going to give a, a a chance for this guy to try to do something to me that can put me away. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to make it through the fight and, and touch him as much as I can. Okay. Yeah. Josh, how long have we, have we known that about Andre now? Tell me that Cortez Acosta's camp doesn't know that. Tell me that they, you know, yeah. they're not telling this guy, Hey, you, you need to go out there and, you know, put this guy on his ass. Nope. And man, no. I'll tell you what, it's going to end up costing them. You watch, watch who they put against Acosta in the next fight. Yeah. It's going to be someone that can put him on his ass. Yeah. Someone that can beat him, yep. control him. Yep. Yep. Oh, we're going to find out. Next fight. Oh, we had Preston Parsons against Matthew Semmels. Were again a great fight. Just a great fight. Great fight by. Semmelsberger fought his ass off in this. He was trying so hard in a great fight by Parsons. Parsons showed why he's got, you know, good wrestling, tough as hell, strong. Man, they went after it in a lot of ways. A lot of good submission holds that were fought through. Just both guys. I thought you talk about guys going out there and giving everything that they have. Mr. Cortez Acosta, watch this fight. Yeah. This is what MMA fighting is all about. Yeah, I mean, it was to the point where they were so exhausted in the scrambles. They were almost just like falling off of each other. You know, there was some good takedowns. There were some good exchanges. Uh, you can tell that Summersberger just, he, he pushed so hard in the first round that yeah. he started getting a little bit tired, sort of slowing down, sort of making mistakes. And then Parsons was able to start taking care of it. Um, but overall, back and forth battle, good fight, good stuff. I mean... Where, where do you see um, Parsons going, though, next after this? 
You know, it's, it's a good question. You know, in the welterweight division, I mean, there's so many guys that can wrestle well. And you could look and say, you want to put them against one of those. And then there's those guys that, you know, they're, they're really good in the standup. But Parsons mm-hmm. is someone you can, as a, as a matchmaker, you're looking and saying, I can do something with this guy because he yeah. fights. He fights. He goes after it. He, he takes chances, and then he's smart. And you look and you go, man, I could put, you know, this guy against a lot of people in the welterweight division. I'm not saying right now, maybe in the, uh, you know, top 15, but close. I could definitely, yeah. you know, start seeing him, you know, fitting in there. So fun guy to watch. Nah. Next fight. Another one of my teammates. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I actually put out a tweet, man. I am a first class major fan of mr marcus mcgee from now on all right gaston bolanos i know how good he is in the stand-up i've watched him too many times i've watched him you know i've watched him in training i've watched him in fights the dude is a slick kickboxer he's technically good and marcus mcgee went after him did not care we mm-hmm. talked about it and we said Marcus McGee should just take the, you know, work at taking this fight to the ground. You know, he's that's where, you know, it's going to have an advantage. <clears throat> no, 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 no. He just stood up, fought smart through good combinations, through good kicks. His kicks landed. He took some good kicks to the body, but he's got power in his hands and he hurt Bolanos multiple times in that fight. Even the first time when he hurt him, <laughs> dropping things. Down goes Thompson. No, it just popped off. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he took good shots. And even when he hurt Bolanos, didn't didn't hurry himself up, just took his time. The second round just went out and said, okay, I'm just going to start touching you, touching you, touching you. And the more I touch you, the more I'm going to break you down. Classy dude. He stopped a little bit soon. I, I like the class of it. You know, we did, but it was a little bit early. Goes after him finishes him, gets the stoppage, and then was classy as hell afterwards. He's not – Josh, this is – and the reason I'm saying – we have enough shit talkers in MMA, enough people that are flapping their lips and stuff. Marcus McGee, you are one of my new favorite fighters. God damn it, I love watching you fight. I love the way you, you handle yourself. I love the way you handle the situation when they're asking you stuff. You're a gentleman. You give compliments to a guy you just beat that is good. You're not t- shit talking them like, you know, saying stuff about oh they suck because if they suck and you beat them, who cares? Nope, that guy's good and so are you. And man, that was a fantastic performance. Yeah. When you take a traditional style kickboxer, <clears throat> and then you mix him with someone who's got a dog in him, who just is gritty, grimy, someone who can make it just chaotic, you know, not and tec- not technically tat tit for tat. Yeah, not tip for tap, but but putting the pressure and seeing where you need to open up. Like when we're talking about Johnny Walker, he's just throwing it to throw it right in front of you, and there's it's no rhyme or reason behind it. With McGee, he was moving his head offline, still trying to throw straight punches, working to the body, throwing the leg. He was mixing everything up very well. Oh yeah, and then throwing the wrestling in. Yeah, and you saw after the first round, I think Bolanos after the takedown, Bolanos was in the same fighter coming in the second round. Oh no! Gassed out. He was exhausted. Well, and it's not. I'm gonna say, yes, he was tired. He was tired because he got beat on. Yeah. Let's be honest. It wasn't that he wasn't in shape. 
he uh-huh. took big shots and when you take big shots it takes the gas out of you it takes all that fire and just starts to to throw water on it because uh-huh. amen you're not feeling good all of a sudden and things are just uh-huh. not working and your legs are heavy and stuff and that was all based upon what mcgee did absolutely like there's there's a difference in between being fatigued when someone's hanging on you, someone's hang, holding you down, there's difference. Like you're fatigued. Like, oh man, I'm carrying this guy's way. I can't get him off me. He's squeezing me too tight. But there's a different level of fatigue when you're getting punched all the time in the face. And all of a sudden you feel like you're, every time you get hit, it really is like the video game where the power just goes down. Every time you get hit, you just have no energy. Nothing comes out. Your, your punches are labored. Your legs feel like jello. You just, everything feels heavy. You're, you start to feel slow. Heavy. Yeah, you feel off balance all the time. Everything you throw is like lunging and reaching, and it's just not there anymore. And you could see, Bolanos couldn't even hold himself up. doesn't matter how good of a technician he is, all of those things. That's why it's so impressive with someone like Alex Pajara has made his career off kickboxing, but he's had success in MMA. Oh, yeah. Get fatigued like that. His legs don't look wobbly like that. He's He's got clean, crisp punches and nice, nice leg kicks. He's got all those... Bolanos, as he started getting hit and he started trying to use the technique, you know, um, slipping the punches, but then not countering back, leaving himself open, started getting hit with big shots and then just started zapping. You could tell just his legs were gone. I was surprised the ref didn't drop, uh, stop it a little bit earlier, but I mean, I understand he was still there, but not there, you know? Yeah. Um, McGee made a mistake by walking away a little bit, like, yep. like oh, put his hands up, but. That's a fight game, though. Everyone, everyone likes to have that one walk off on their on their record. It was close, but I'll tell you what, it was a fantastic performance. He can be very proud of that. This is a guy. He's man. He's come into the UFC. He has lit it on fire. Everybody that he's fought, he has put away as far as just put a beating. I think I think one of his is, is a decision. But goddamn, just incredible. All right, we had. Well, this- Go ahead. Full, dis- full disclosure, I didn't see the next three fights because I was still at my son's game. So you have to walk these guys through it. But the okay. first three fights, I didn't get to see. Well, let's let's just be honest with it. Uh, Basharat against Taylor Lapalus from France. I'll tell you what, Taylor Lapalus is, man, he, he's a good fighter. This kid had just nothing but gas. He stopped, I don't know how many takedowns. Yes, he got taken down, but man, I'll tell you what, he was working his ass off the entire time. Basharat did a great job. He used his stand-up to get to the takedown, and he tried to hang on him. He tried to drag him down. He tried to figure four legs, and Lapalus continuously got his ass up and got himself back to being able to be on the feet where Basharat, again, would have to try to work his way with his hands. He got the win and remained undefeated. I think his brother and him both now are still undefeated. But Laplace has nothing to feel bad about. That that guy is, he's a fighter, man. And if you just just put him in against someone who's not quite that wrestler and able to to create that that pressure that someone like Basharat was able to do, this kid can win a lot of fights. He's a good fighter, but nice win by Basharat. What I've seen from Basharat before in the past. <clears throat> him or his brother? Yeah, him. Yeah. But, but you know what's funny is their names are very similar. John. Oh, yeah, dude. I know. It's tough. What is it? Farid and then I think the other one's Tarid, I think. 
Dave, can yeah. you look that up? Yeah, but um, but look, Bostroth though he's he's good all the way around. I just wanted to know if his record of twelve and zero is a little padded. And what I mean by padded is like, you know, he didn't get into the UFC till about two fights ago, and then or three. This is his third fight, I think, in the UFC, and then I think he did a Dana White's Contender Series. I think also. Yeah, yeah he had won that. Uh, <clears throat> or did he see- win like a? No, he didn't do two. He just did the one. He just did the one. Got it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, okay. Is, is there any other fights on here? Yeah, you got to give it up for Nicholas Malta. Looked freaking just powerful and good, and just on point. Just, just a not just walk through Tom Nolan. Uh, look, you know he's got a lot of power. He believes in himself. Look out for Nicholas Mota and then Joshua Van. The very first fight, dude. This kid can fight. You know he had Felipe Buns in trouble throughout that fight. Buns was running from him at times, which I don't blame him. I would have been running from him too. But Joshua Van just looked great. And the flyweights, you know, flyweights are is just different. You don't see a guy running from like power. And running mm-hmm. from being hit and trying to get himself back the same way that was happening here, and it was showing that you know Joshua Van's got some, he's got some pop in his hands, mm-hmm. and he was able to uh, get the TKO in the second, right near the end, and just a beautifully performed fight, controlled, was in control the entire fight. Like I said, the first you know couple of fights were really just, you know, they were walkthroughs. The yeah, the the, the fights were. You know, I was kind of excited because there were fights, but as you watch him, you go, "This guy doesn't belong in there with him." And Josh like, looked really more good. one-sided. Yeah, total one-sided. Got it, uh, Dave. What do you got for us? Before we move on, though, guys, go to onlyfans.com/slash/wayneand, onlyfans.com/slash/wayneand. Subscribe us over there; it's free. And um, you know, we have been talking about with them about all the athletes that are over there. It's funny, but um, you got. Tons of UFC fighters that are on there. People don't even realize it. They offer extra content over there. I do know that the uh, Van Zants, <laughs> I call them the Van Zants, they have a podcast that's available on there as well. It's pretty fun. Uh, they do a little talk. Uh, they do, you know, they break down talking about their marriage. They break down talking about fight life, camps, all that stuff. She's jumping into a camp. They're, they're going through, a, I want to say it's like a, a diet. They're going through diet right now because I think she's fighting here coming up pretty soon. And so I'm looking forward to, I, I enjoy listening to their show. It's pretty fun. They're kind of funny. Uh, but if you guys have ever met them, a quirky little group of, of husband oh, and wife. But they're great. They're great, man. They're great. Uh, but go ahead and follow us over at OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Subscribe to us. It is free. We don't charge for any of our content. We just do it and we put it out there. An extra spot for you guys to view our stuff. We go a little bit more in depth on deep dives. We do our lives over there, which is about normally anywhere between 15 to say 35 minute, 40 minute long lives. So hopefully you guys can meet us over there and then join us over there. It is free, guys. Also, I wanted to clarify this because I have some people in the comments. Oh, I don't want to look at that smut. I don't want to. I don't want to. You're look, you guys. See any smut it's not. You, you don't see it. any of it. If you don't subscribe to someone's channel, you don't see it on your timeline. So unless you don't have any willpower, which I can understand if you don't. Okay, but then there's you won't see anything when you get on there. You yeah, know, but you only see our page if you. Subscribe. It all comes down to the. It's factual. You either look at it or you don't, because if you don't, <laughs> it won't come up on your timeline. Yeah. And it won't come up on an algorithm. If you do, it's going to come up. That's true. Yep. 
All right, so but you guys can subscribe to us over there at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Dave, what do you got for us, buddy? We're going to talk about this uh, announcement of the first title fight announced for UFC 300. John, you want to roll into it? <laughs> oh, my God. We have Li Zhang, the champion, the strawweight killer, going against her. Why do you say this? Is it a country woman? Country woman in Zhaonyan, who is basically training out of team alpha male and this is one of those fights china's gonna get all excited china's gonna be thrilled and i don't think anyone else really cares uh i mean like i think it'll be a good fight i think way a little bit too much for her i think so but too I, but i still think that i'm interested to see i know that um that Yan's been coming down to uh, Kyle Terra's in San Jose. I've been training out there because he's been. She's been training with some of the. I used to train two two girls that were really good at jiu-jitsu. Uh, both of them are purple belts. Actually, one's a brown belt now, and the other one's a purple belt. But she's been training with them specifically, and they've been giving her some good rounds and how good she is, and you know, and she's very confident. It's very nice. But I think when it comes down to the actual how this fight will go, uh, Wei Lee is going to be the bulldog she's gonna be the aggressor she's gonna be the one that lets heavy shots go she's gonna to try to bully her around the cage and i think that she's gonna be able to get the takedown and i think that's what she's gonna do she's gonna control that top position lay on the ground a pound and let the hands fly and then every time she yawn tries to get back up she's gonna take her back down again and try and dominate everybody that has been whether it's figgy or john jones or or uh whaley they've all been training with henry cejudo They've all been working on those things that those little tiny things that make a big difference in a fight in terms of getting you to the ground and controlling that top position. You know, all he's, I mean, what he's done is what Henry's done is he's taken what they're really good at and he's tweaked it just a tiny bit to make them a little bit more better. And it shows. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll say, you know, when I first watched Jan, I was not, you know, that impressed and uh, I saw, saw a lot of what I thought were holes in her game. And she's closed those up. And mm-hmm. Team Alpha Male has closed those up. And she's done a great job at becoming a much more refined fighter, much better at her stand-up, much cleaner when she's on the ground and what she does and the way she holds position. So I give her nothing but credit. She deserves the shot. Mm-hmm. I just look at this fight in that Whaley is physically much stronger physically much more dominant and able to control what's going to happen in the fight she's she's faster she's the better athlete Mm -hmm. and i have this feeling that when you look at this fight you know we we, a lot of times people don't think about it the last person in the world you want taking your title is someone from your country to have it so they have it (laughs) and this is one I think Whaley's going to go out there and and really try to put on a a performance to to tell people no no you know what she's not the one don't ever put her back against me but we'll see we'll see you know, John, it, you know it's interesting that it's going to be a three hundred though yeah yeah you know you know what's surprising me is that Rose Namajunas is fighting at one twenty five again I know I I, I I just I just look at it and, and Rose is. She's so good. And she mm-hmm. at 125, I'm not saying you know she can't be good there too, but at 115, she's not a big person. If you've ever been no. around her, you know no. Rose Nami Yunus 
is the person I'm going to say it straight out. Rose Namajunas is the person that told me, you know, didn't tell me, but told me to myself, I said off of her fight, I said, I have to retire. It's time for me to get out. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. And that's because you, she was, go ahead. Your arm wasn't strong enough to move her, right? I remember. No, that. you know, it, what, I was so, it was, I was so used to doing stuff and you can go back and look, I would pick people up with one arm and just take them away from their opponent. And she was fighting against Joanna and I had, I had had my neck surgery and I hadn't much time to recover and stuff. And I had, I had gotten all the way to the point I couldn't move my arm. You know, if I was praying that the person on my one side would, you know, win the fight so I could actually not have to bring my hand over to lift their arm. And, uh, so I'd had the surgery. I had taken a month off because, you know, every other surgery that I'd, I'd ever had, I took one week off. I said, I'll take one week off and I'm going back. And, uh, that one, that fight's happening, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to run into her because she's so small. Yeah. I swear to God, that's what's on my mind. I don't want to, you see a lot of guys, you know, they'll try to you know, put themselves between the, you know, the bodies, you know, the fighters and, and they'll push them off and you'll see the, you know, fighter roll off. And I, that happened long, you know, that used to be what semaphore entertainment group who owned the US, they wanted me to do that. That was a big thing with them. You know, we want you to, you know, throw them off and stuff. And, you know, I, I could say I could hurt guys and, you know, guys like Brian Johnson, you know, I, I banged his nose and things like that. And so I tried to get, you know, far away from that. And I figured out, you know, how I was able to do things without having, you know, the ability to hurt the fighter. It was easy to get him away, never hurt him. You know, you can watch, you know, Ronda Rousey does it against Betch Cohea. She goes, I just grab her, pick her up, boom, put her away. And it's great. And at that moment that I know I got to stop this fight. I'm thinking, I don't want to run into her. I can't pick her up. And so I just touched her and I said, you know, stop. And she did. But it was that moment I said, yeah, I'm not the same. I'm going to have yeah. to, I'm going to have to figure out when my time is to leave. And so that, you know, that was it. And, and cause she was that small. And so I look at her now and yeah, at 125, she can still fight, but she should be fighting at one at 115. It just, yeah. unless, unless, you know, you know, she knows more than I do. Maybe it's hard for her to get there, but. It really seems that that's her weight class for me. Interesting. Dave, what else you got for us, bud? Uh, that, that's the one piece we have, but we do have the other stuff dropping in the midweek show, or after oh. the midweek show, rather. <clears throat> yeah, so as you guys can see, I'm traveling, so the Wi-Fi, hopefully the Wi-Fi held up for you guys. Um, and when I get back on the midweek show, we're going to drop a bunch of news. Uh, hopefully the news comes out, and then as it comes out, we will do individual pieces on it that will drop throughout the week hopefully you guys like this new format that we're doing we'll also do the uh lead up is what fights are next weekend strickland and oh my god it's strickland oh, versus ddp i'm so twisted around with all my time john um <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so yeah so we have we have the pay-per-view so we'll do the pay-per-view breakdown on the midweek show and then we'll also do individual clips for the uh, news and hopefully it all you guys like that type of format and we'll drop uh, a little bit of it every single time and hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And uh, John, take us away, bud. For everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed the fights as much as I did. Thank God they are back. It's a whole year of 2024, and we're going to have a good time watching it. I hope you enjoyed, and we will see you. 